you know, if you think about a goal every single day, it's almost impossible to not do something to achieve that goal every single day. It might not be a big step, but something little every day. Hi, baby. Hop in the Lamborghini. Uh, I'm needy. I'm me only. I'm needy. Uh, hi, baby. Hop in the Lamborghini. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Stroke of Success podcast. Today's guest is uh, a special guest, of course. Um, I'll introduce her as Dr. Tiffany. Dr. Tiffany worked with my wife years ago, about, I think it's been 10 years that you guys both worked together, and my wife was in, in awe of her. So much her heart was in the job. So I said, why not? I said, Simon, why, not, why don't you get me, connect me with some awesome female um, boss lady. So you said, no problem. Dr. Tiffany is your girl. So Dr. Tiffany, thank you for jumping on board today. Appreciate thank you. Thank you for having me. Love love your wife. She's wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Um, thank you so much for saying that. Um, Dr. Tiffany, let's start with the history. I like to go back in the childhood of an individual. Where were you born and raised? So I was, um, well, I was born in Stewart, Florida, but that's just because that was the biggest hospital. Um, I was raised in Fort Pierce, Florida, which is at the time was a pretty small town. It's gotten better. I wouldn't say it's a large town, but it's gotten better. I was born and raised there my entire life. I was, you know, I'm a South Florida girl. I've never, ever lived anywhere else. You know, I, I came from middle class. Um, my dad uh, was very, very, very hardworking. He was a firefighter and then climbed the ranks basically um, all the way to the top and became the fire chief. So when I was graduating high school, he was the fire chief. Um, so I, I definitely saw what hard working was my entire life. Um, and then my mom really helped him to get there. I remember her staying up late at night and and recording. She would read the the books that my dad had to take tests, like to become lieutenant and captain. And she would record herself with her little Southern accent, reading the books so my dad could listen to them in the car because he just didn't have time to to really study on his own. So um, uh, I, I grew up in a very, 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 um, hardworking household for sure. My mom would always say it was funny because, you know, as much as she supported my dad, she would always say that, you know, people can take away your home and, and take away anything you have and all of your material possessions, but they can never take away your degree. And she was very right about that. You know, you, no one can ever take away your diploma once you earn it. So, um, and then she would always tell me to, you know, to be the doctor you want to marry type of thing, which is funny because that's, that's what I ended up doing. So, um, but they both came from uh, really kind of poor households um, and they always wanted more for my sister and I than, than what they had and definitely pushed us. I mean, we, we were both very intelligent, very smart. And if you came home with the B, you better be prepared to explain why. Dr. T, you have a son, correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. How old is your son? He'll be nine uh, next month. Okay. Are you the same way with him? Um, I'd say mostly yes. Um, you know, my son, he's very highly intelligent and it's not just academic intelligence. Um, he, you know, we had him tested for gifted and he didn't even finish the test and he tested gifted. He said he was bored. So for, for me, it's, it's a little bit different because, you know, standardized tests, he does very well on them, but it also doesn't really quantify his kind of level of intelligence because it's just kind of at a different level. But I do do the same thing. He he comes home and, you know, and I see a bad grade on a test. I'm like, bud, like, I know you know this. What are you doing? He's like, oh, well, so I'm, I'm trying to get him to learn to focus more. 
because I think boys are different than girls, um, especially at that age. You know, my my parents had two girls, so we were very focused and boys are kind of sporadic and all over the place. So, um, but yeah, no, I push him. Um, I I push him pretty hard because I I know he can do it. What did your sister do? So my sister has her um, MBA. I hope I don't get this wrong, but she is like a senior vice president for a student housing company. Okay. Um, so she thought she wanted to be a doctor, rode on an ambulance one time, saw blood passed out and said, it's probably not for me. Wow. <laughs> okay. And, um, so she started as a resident assistant in college and really just kind of liked it and, and just went forward with that and kind of has always been in student housing. But my sister had her, um, AA college degree before she even graduated high school. How is that possible? So we, uh, in our school, we had something called dual enrollment, yes, where I you know college classes yeah. And so she completed um, all of her two years of college credits before she completed, you know, because she did it at the same time as high school and it kind of took the place of her high school classes. So she actually walked the stage with an AA degree before she walked with her high school diploma. Was she, what, what school do you guys go to? What school did she go to? Um, my sister went to a high school called Westwood in Fort Pierce, and I went to a high school called Lincoln Park Academy, both public schools um, in our hometown. Okay. And the dual enrollment. So, what what college did she go to? For dual she enrollment? went to uh, for dual enrollment. She was at at the time it was a community college, Indian River. Now it's a state college. Um, same for me. I did the dual enrollment as well. And then she went on to uh, University of Central Florida, and then I went on to Florida Atlantic University. FAU. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. <laughs> so, man, I have to call your parents to get a secret how to raise two amazing girls. We have two girls, you know, and they're six and five. And just to have the focus is such a challenge. Yes. You know, especially technology today, right, Dr. Tiffany? I mean, we have YouTube, we have phone, we have all these things. I agree. And I think, you know, I've always been the parent. I let my son have whatever he wants whenever he wants it because he doesn't then crave it. So if I ever offer to go outside and play, he'll always take that over playing on his iPad. Always. Um And he, he does very like academically, you know, he watches YouTube videos, but it's like adult speaking. So his vocabulary is insane. And I, and I really do attribute his, his reading capability to, to listening to adults talking all of the time. Um, I never really spoke to him like a child. Like we always spoke to him like an adult. Um, and the same thing with candy. Like I've got candy laying around everywhere in my house. Cause I've got a sweet tooth and he'll walk over and take like three M&Ms, close it and keep going. Like, yeah. It's just always been a bit because I want him to learn restraint too. Um, and so he knows he can kind of have it whenever he wants. So he doesn't really, you know, it's not a thing for him. Like he'll choose water over Coke most of the time because he That's knows awesome. he can it whenever he wants. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you have high big plans for him? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do, but I'm I'm not quite sure. He really likes robots and computers. So I and he, he jokingly says he wants to go to MIT, but then he doesn't want to memorize his times table. So, you know, there's the struggle. I'm like, bud, I hate to tell you, you're not going to MIT if you don't know seven times seven. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think he'll probably, um, at least now, if I guess, he'd probably end up doing something with robotics or engineering. He's just, that's, he, he's been building things since the, he came out of the womb. He puts things together and puzzles together. And um, he's got a very, very, spatially uh, oriented mind. He sees these awesome. pieces and can put them together very easily. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, I guess junior high school, high school, you were flying high, huh? With A's pretty much for the most part. Yeah. Um, I did similar to my sister, my last two years of high school, I was actually at the community college. So okay. 
I didn't go to my high school for my junior and senior year. So when I graduated, I'm like, who are these people? I don't... <laughs> so I, uh, I went to college on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I worked as a pharmacy technician on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, so I, 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 I almost held down a full-time job at the same time because I thought at the time I wanted to be a pharmacist. Um, so I was kind of getting that experience and I was talked out of it actually by the pharmacist that I worked with. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He okay. said, he said, you're too good with people. You shouldn't do this. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I was a, I was a straight A student. I think my first non A was in probably one of my college classes I was taking at the time. Wow. Uh, yeah. Hard worker. Dr. T. Uh, Tiffany, you are a hardworking person, individual. You are a people's person, right? Never thought about they do politics, law, maybe. Um, so if you asked my mom what I was going to be when I grew up, she would have told you a lawyer. Okay, I, I my see husband, that. Yeah, my husband, who is a lawyer, says you would make a great lawyer. Yeah. Except sometimes I hear what he comes home with, and like, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, he got berated by a judge for something that wasn't his fault. I'm like, yeah. no, see, I can't handle that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> spoken back to that person very quickly. Yeah. So I, I kind of needed something where I was, to your point, like I was the boss. I didn't really have to answer to someone else. And, um, but I could see myself probably doing law. Um, politics, I don't think I'm politically correct enough for politics. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, oh, I'm too- today's day and age you is, right? Yeah, um, I'm a little too opinionated for that. Okay, so it's <laughs> awesome. All right, so so where'd you go? Where'd you go to medical school? Nova Southeastern. Oh, cool. Lauderdale. Simon yeah. went there too. I got my MBA from there. Go Sharks, right? And that's where that's- my husband went to law school, so. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah. All right, okay, cool. So Nova, were you working? Do you worked in college? You said as a pharmacy. I tutored. Well, I didn't work as a pharmacy tech in college, but um, well, actually, no. In, in undergrad, I did. Right. I was a pharmacy tech at a hospital. Actually, I um, I was there. I compounded all of the IVs for the hospital patients, which helped in medical school a lot because I knew all of the names of all the medicines, um, and how you know how they were dosed and how they were made, which was helpful. And then in medical school, I tutored other medical students, but then I also tutored tutored high school kids um, for their SAT prep and math, science, that kind of stuff. I mean, so you'd have you'd never got a chance to really breathe per se, right? I mean, no, I, I don't breathe. You don't breathe. I get anxious when there's nothing going on. <laughs> really, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. <laughs> Although, if you ask me on a busy day, I will tell you, I, I I'm I'm good at taking vacations. Yeah, I I work hard and I party hard. Party is my vacations. Okay. Uh, so we, we did, uh, after we got married, we did Italy. I did Morocco last year. Uh, we just went, we just got home from Greece about a month ago. So I, um, that's, I work very, very, very hard, but I take very nice vacation. Okay. And you deserve it. Well deserved, right? Um, you met my wife in Palmetto, mm-hmm. right? She was a resident and you were also doing, I think I was a fellow okay. when she started, which is cardiovascular training. Okay. How did that, tell me about that. I mean, that's, that's not a regular uh, walk in the park. Palmetto? What made you do that? What, what made you pick that? So uh, cardiology? Yes. There are very few comparatively female cardiologists in this country. So um, if you look, not to get like all scientific, but statistically heart disease kills women more than anything and heart disease kills men more than anything. So Um, I saw it as kind of a platform where, you know, I'm a woman, I can teach other women, you know, everyone rightfully so is concerned about breast cancer, really, because, you know, they they have a a really great campaign that they do, especially in October. Um, 
But what I tell women, I'm like, well, you can't enjoy your breasts if you're not alive because you're probably not going to die from that. You're probably going to die from heart disease. Oh. I saw it kind of as a platform. Um, I, I, you know, and, and jokingly, I said, this is going to be, um, I'm going to print money doing this because there's just not a lot of us and, and, and we, they need it. And women typically want to see other women as doctors. Um, and then they like you and then they send their husbands to you and, you know, it just kind of propagates. So, um, I, I love what I do. I mean, you know, you asked me maybe on the wrong day, I might say, I don't like what right. I do, but, but, um, I, I genuinely love what I do. I like spending time with people, explaining things to people, patients, um, uh, and, and, and really preventing heart disease more than anything. I, you know, I, I, I very much dislike treating heart disease because the majority of heart disease could have been prevented if someone would have paid attention earlier. Sure. Good point. Um, that's, that's really valuable. So you kind of declared it to universe. You believe in the law of attraction. Yeah. Um, you know, I think obviously you've got to put the work in, but you know, of if course. you think about a goal every single day, it's almost impossible to not do something to achieve that goal every single day it might not be a big step but something little every day. Right. I mean, I, I can't imagine saying I want, I don't know, something as simple as a car and I'm not working every day to get whatever it is that I want. Um, I I'm a big fan of, of goals, aspirations. You know, I wouldn't say I do mood boards, but mentally, you know, every sure. day it's kind of like, how is today going to be better than yesterday for myself? I don't generally focus on other people. I find like that's a total waste of energy. Yeah, I don't too. live that person's life. I don't, I wasn't raised the way that person was raised, the, the, the circumstances are completely different. Um, even on, you find someone that is the closest you could ever find someone to yourself. They're still miles different. Sure. So, um, I just kind of focus on me and my life and, you know, how to better myself. And if I'm good, then I usually treat other people good. That's, so. that, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. You said that because you're right. I mean, I can say I want to become this, but I'm doing this, right. We're not aligned. What right. you say and what you do has to be aligned. And the biggest, I think, the uh, misinformation that or the, the 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 whole thing with the, the secret, the law of attraction, they, they don't talk about the law of action. You have to take the steps, right? Before the universe or God, whatever whatever you want to call it, will come meet you halfway. Um, you said something really interesting. You said you don't compare yourself. I don't want to be sexist here, but women do that, right? They look at on social media and say, well, her husband is doing that or they're going that type of vacation. Oh my gosh, she got that job or this and that. What you said is critical. And I think that that's, that is probably one of your secrets to your success. You're focused. I could look at a photo and say, wow, um, her hair is really nice. I wonder how I can get my hair like that. I mean, that's different, right? You, sure, you see something different. you like and you, yeah. there's two sides to it, right? Side one is you really don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You really don't yeah. know how someone got to where they are, who might've helped them, what kind of independent wealth their family had. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. Um, no one puts their dirty laundry on social media. You can't, can't assume that's how someone's life really is, but more so it's just, I mean, if you want to be repeatedly um, frustrated, compare yourself to another human being. It's just, it, it just doesn't work. Um, and the only person that I know how to work on is myself and maybe my family. I try and just be a little bit better each day than I was the day before. And maybe selfishly, I am very much attuned to my own happiness. And um, I don't want to say I will completely throw another human being under the bus for my own happiness, but there are some instances where you just have to pull the plug on things because you're just going down the wrong rabbit hole too quickly. Um, whether it be with friends or family or relationships or, or whatever, sometimes the better good is just to scratch it and, and move on. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, some friends we have in our life, um, everyone has a season in your life, I think, right? 
Yes. I think for yeah. me, I see like if you're not providing me value or inspiring me to do better and it's just, you're just holding me down, like I love you to death. We'll we'll be in touch here and there, but I have to move forward. 100%. 100%. You know, there's some, people that, there's some people that are just really draining. They're just like you leave the room and you're drained emotionally. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes physically because you're just like, oh, like I was asked to come back to where Lincoln Park Academy, I actually graduated middle school there too. And um, they asked me to come back and be their, their speaker for their graduation. And um, I told them, and, and I, and I live by this. If, if someone or something does not make you money, does not make you happy or does not make you healthy, it's a waste of your time. It's, for me, it's got to fit in one of those three categories. Like I don't want to work out, but it makes me healthy. So I'm going to go do it. Um, sometimes I don't want to go to work, but I have to do it because that's how I make my living. But, you know, if, if someone or something doesn't fall into one of those three categories for me, I'm out. I just, I don't have the time for it. I'm going to be 38 years old this week. I'm not interested. Wow. wow. <laughs> you look great, by the way. Um, Dr. Tiffany, I don't think you would, you would get where you are without being tough. Today's day and age, your generation got really soft. What's your thoughts about that? You can't say certain words. You're going to get offended. You can't give feedback to people. They get offended. You can't say this. You can't express your own thoughts. People get offended. Like, how, how do you navigate in today's time? There, there's an, in law, my husband says, they, they say this a lot in law. Um, there's a tone and a tenor to everything, right? Um, you know, you, you can frame a lot of things to get the same point across without seeming nasty. So, you know, I have a very political, different political views than some of my friends, but, you know, there's a way to go about the conversation without getting nasty. Um, so I think a lot of it is just tone and tenor. And sometimes you have to prepare people for what you're about to say. I mean, I do that with my patients. I mean, I'll, I'll give a perfect example. Using the word obese does not resonate with people nearly the same way as using the word fat. Okay. Because if you truly care about someone and you know that that word fat is going to resonate with them a lot more and get them healthy, then you got to say that word because that's my job. Right. And so I'll tell my patients, I will sit back in my chair and say, listen, because I have good rapport with my patients. And I said, listen, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. You might leave here and say, I hate her. And then you're going to come back six months later and say, oh my God, thank you so much. And they kind of sit back and they say, what? I'm like, you're fat. Like you need to lose weight. This is a problem. And then they kind of, and then they, they get it right. Because it's a tone and tenor. I, I prepared them for what I was about to say. Um, it, it's a matter of just you know, reading people, knowing what you can and can't say. There's certain very sensitive people and there's not very sensitive people. And there's some people that can take and there's some people that can't. And so I tell my residents when I'm teaching at the hospital, I, I sometimes I even tell them, don't, don't even learn medicine for me. You can learn that in the book, learn how to talk to people, like go in the room, read the, I call it reading the room, read the room, read the room. If you go in and everyone's like this in the room, don't go in there hot. <laughs> They're already hot, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of picking up on subtle cues and body language and knowing what you can and can't say to people and what is going to get your point across better. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's my job to care about people and be empathetic, but to help them be healthier. And I'm going to do that in whatever way I have to do it to achieve it. Um, and I think it's worked well for me for 10 years. I have a, a successful practice. My patients keep coming back because they know I genuinely love them and I'm doing this for them. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, as long as you're doing from a good place, right. And, um, and they can see that you're sincere. 
Yeah, uh, it, it, it works. is very important. I'm 41, so we're born in the same decade. I mean, you do agree, right? Times have changed, right? 80s, uh, 100%. 100%. I think the 80s babies are, are pretty cool babies. And then after that, it, it's getting a little wishy-washy real fast. I mean, at the end of the day, I think this is the easiest thing for people to remember. What makes us all great is that we have differences, right? And when we all try and we all try and be like the same person and have the same beliefs and 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 agree with the same stuff, it just doesn't work. I mean, that's what makes us different as human beings. So respecting somebody else's beliefs and then pushing your beliefs on another human being are very different things, right? Yeah. So I can respect another religion, but I'm not that religion. And I expect you to respect my religion. And that's just how things work, right? Yeah. It's just about being good humans and letting everyone kind of live their lives the way they want to live their lives and not impeding on other people's lives. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I just think, yeah, we became really sensitive, I think. And I, I agree with that. It's it's frankly kind of annoying. Um, well, they say that the saying, right? Tough times make soft people, soft people make, you know, it's just a cycle, right? Yes. And we're part yeah. of that cycle. Um, yeah, I think the pendulum will, will you know, pendulum will swing. Yeah, I agree with you. Alpha female. Do you think yourself as an alpha female? I mean, I guess probably other people would say that. How about uh -huh. your husband? Tell me about your husband. What type of personality is he? Is he relaxed, easygoing? But I'll tell you what, my experience, me and my wife, we're both very strong personalities. And I have to learn how to, female doctors, all respect to y'all. I have to learn how to navigate more now. And, you know, and so tell me about you and your husband. I would say when he needs to be tough, he is. I mean, you know, he's a lawyer. So, you know, when he has to put his foot down, he does. But I think being in law has taught him to just let things go. Recognize what's important and what's not important. Um, he he I think people who who know David or think that they know David think he's like super tough and you know, can be difficult. And but it's funny because he's like the sweetest guy in the world. <laughs> Yeah, he, he would do anything for me. He sends me sweet text messages. Yeah. He's he would literally he has literally given me like he'll he'll like start unbuttoning his button up shirt if I'm cold and like try and give it to me. Yeah, um, that's so sweet. He he's a one you know. But when you get into your late 30s and early 40s and and you've been through other relationships and you've learned from them and you know you you kind of start realizing what's important to to argue about what's not let things go. It's not the end of the world. Um, you know he deals with you know, multi-million dollar lawsuits and I deal with life or death. It's kind of like, do we really care about stupid things? Yeah. Yeah. You kind of learn to let things go. Sure. Um, Dr. T, is it fair to say you're, you are money focused? People say. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I'm not overly money focused to where, like I said, I don't take my vacations. I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably more, you know what? I'm probably more time is money focused. So if I'm doing something, I want it to be worth my time. Um, I am, you know, I'm home on Mondays and Thursdays by four o'clock to take my son to, to karate. I'm, I don't work in my office on Fridays. So I'm money driven, but at the same time, I recognize how important um, free time is. How about sure. David? Is he the same way? He, yes, he's gotten there. You, would you say you both are equally ambitious to do well in life to yes. do? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I think that came, you know, Dave and I came from very similar backgrounds. He came from, you know, his dad was a civil engineer. He worked during the summer like I did. So we, we both come from very kind of hardworking families that did well, ultimately. Um, but, you know, we're kind of 
also at a point in our lives where it's like work smarter, not harder. Like I don't want to have to work 80 hours a week anymore to make the same amount of money. No, you don't. Uh, have, you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. The time. So you own, you're an entrepreneur. You open, you own, you have your own shop, your own business. Mm -hmm. Talk yep. about that. When do you open that? So I did this right out of residency. Um, so I was never employed out of, out of uh, medical school residency. So I opened the office in 2013 when I was still in fellowship. So I would see patients like on the evenings and weekends. And now I have kind of a very, I do a lot of things. So um, I do concierge internal medicine. So I still practice internal medicine. I have about 250 something concierge patients. Um, and then I do cardiology, like, like a normal doctor's office, cardiology, what we call fee for service. You make an appointment, you come in, you see me. Um, then I have teaching attending at a residency program at Broward health medical center across the street. So I still teach residents and I do that in medicine. I'm on call every fifth day, one of which being today, non-financially am the chair of the board of osteopathic medicine for the state of Florida. So I run you know, all of the osteopathic doctors in the state come, you know, they're, we're responsible for them. So I have a lot of meetings for that every month because that's a governor appointed position. And then I help my husband with medical malpractice lawsuits. Um, Dr. Tiffany, how do you do it? You have a son, you have marriage. I mean, like, do you have a social life? Break it down. You know, a lot of women, I have some viewers that are women that are working professionals and, you know, they have kids often talk about that, right? Like, how do you, how do you do it? Share your well, I think first thing is you can't really have mommy guilt, right? I mean, I think it's normal for a child to see their parents working. Uh, so that that was, you know, I mean, there's sometimes where I feel bad, but I I make it a point. Look, my dad, for as busy as what he was, and he had three jobs at one point when I was a kid, he came to everything. So any award, any soccer game, anything that was of somewhat an importance to a child, he was there. And so that's my biggest thing. It's not about the, the, the drop-offs and the pickups from school, right? It's about, I have a music recital. I got student of the month. Um, I have a new belt in karate. I have a belt ceremony. So it's kind of being there for those major kind of milestones for a kid that it's very important, right? Yeah. Um, so I make it a point to to always make sure I'm I'm there for any of that major stuff. And you know, I'm lucky that I have my own practice so I can kind of manipulate my schedule a bit. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm not blind to that. I know that not a lot of, you know, not everyone can do that. Sure. Um, but I am a stickler for time management. When I tell you I have my day planned down to five minute intervals, like it is planned to five minute intervals. And when I'm home at five o'clock, I'm done. Like it is by the book. I prepack my lunch. I sit, I do my lunch and I do my notes. Like you saw when we went back and forth, I'm like, can't do this week. Don't have time in my calendar. So, um, you know, obviously things happen and you have to shuffle around. But for the most part, I know what time I'm going to be in my office. I know when I'm seeing my patients. I know when I'm going to have a chance to review my echoes, when I'm rounding at the hospital, how long it's going to take me to get home. Um, I go to the gym while my son's at karate because he doesn't want me there for practice anyways. He's that age. Like, I don't want you here, mommy, go away. So he goes to karate. I go to the gym. I mean, I, you know, and that's why I tell my patients, I'm like, you can find the time. You, it's there. You just got, you got to find it. It's, 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 it's in there. So for me, it's time management. It, I'm, I'm really good with my time management. Really good. I keep to-do list. I'll even show you like oh, there's wow. check boxes. So, um, you know, I, I don't wrap up my week in the office until everything on that to-do list is done. Um, we even have them for our, our office for patients, like, you know, who's pending what, so we don't lose track of everything. I'm a big fan of emailing myself stuff. So I don't forget. 
So like, remember to call Paula Smith and I'll email it to myself. So as long as it's in my inbox, I haven't done it yet. That's amazing. Yeah. So that, I think that's the key, right? Um, like Tony Robbins talks about it quite a bit. Plan your day. I yeah. typically now I start on Sunday to plan my week a week ahead. Oh, I always, yeah. I look at my, my office calendar Sunday nights. I start getting Sunday scaries yeah. on Sunday nights. So let's, let's get into, <laughs> eating my week. <laughs> let's get into that. Your daily habit. My, my podcast is called Stroke of Success. Um, it's from mostly entrepreneurs, high, uh, high performers. What's the daily routine habits that you say, KB, this is what I do when I, and I, I can bet you that anyone else tries it, they'll improve their life. Do you journal, do you affirmation in the morning, do you do cold plunges? No, I don't know. No. Um, you know, I kind of like mentally think about how my day is going to go. You know, I, I'm a very much wake up on the good side of the bed person. Um, okay. and, and I, and I know this isn't something that people can, you can like teach someone to do, but I don't roll out of bed. Like, eh, this is going to be an awful day. It's awful. I don't want to go to work. Like I just like, I wake up, I take my shower, I get dressed. It's almost like, I don't even think about it because it's just what I have to do. Um, but I think, you know, it's an interesting question because I've never really thought about it. I think I enjoy the little things throughout my day. I'll give you an example. One of my patients who is a normal patient for me, for some reason, this woman thinks that like my office and me are like godsend, the best things in the world. She almost starts crying every time she comes in. So She's the sweetest woman. And I don't even really know what I did, but I'll take it. And we on our boards in our office, and when people go into an exam room, we have whiteboards and it says, hello, you know, whoever, Donna, Karen. And she, she picks up the pen and I didn't see it until two hours later. And she goes, this office is full of angels. That's sweet. Right. And it's things like that, that I, I focus on those things. Like why focus on all of the, I mean, trust me, my, the, if I let every bad thing happen every day, just get the best of me, I would be a maniac because just stuff and medicine. Um, but I try and just kind of like hold on to those little things that make me grateful that I'm able to do what I do for a living. You know, someone complimenting my office staff or writing little notes or giving me a hug or, you know, um, someone someone's labs came back that were awful and now they're great. Like just holding on to those little things that it's a lot easier to to make your day go by faster and be happier if you just kind of focus on all the good things and not the bad things. That's amazing. That's true. Speaking of office, how big is the staff? One. Okay. How's the yeah. culture? I mean, I guess I don't even think of my company as like a vision of a company because it's just me. Yeah. Um, but I'm blessed. I mean, my, she's my office manager slash medical assistant slash assistant slash runs my life Monday through Friday, nine to five. Um, big role. Yeah. She's got a big role. Um, but I recognize that and compensate her appropriately. <laughs> um, and I think that's very important. Um, we have a great, I mean, we get along great. She's like a sister to me. Um, awesome. you know, she, she's wonderful. I mean, patients compliment her as much as they compliment me, maybe even more. Um, she's, she's wonderful. We have a really good thing going, That's awesome. Um, you know, I invite her to holiday, you know, at my house, our holiday parties or whatever. And, um, we're, we're, we're very close. I'm very how fortunate. Long, how long she been with you for? So she was my first employee I ever had. Um, for like three years. And then she left not for any other reason. Cause you know, I was starting what we weren't making a lot of money. So she got a better opportunity financially. And then the staff I had decided to go back to school. And I'm like, Oh my God, shucks. <laughs> like <laughs> want to throw a wrench into a medical office real quick, have no employees. So I, I happened to reach out to her last year and said, there's no way you'd want to come back now. Right. Like I can pay you a lot more. <laughs> 
And she's like, you know what? I have been thinking about it. I would love to come back. So awesome. got her back and it was great because I really didn't have to train her because she already, she knew everything. And a lot of my patients that I had from 10 years ago are still patients. So it's been great. They walk in, oh my God, Karina, where have you been? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, That's amazing. Um, setbacks. I'm sure, look, you don't get to position you are, Dr. Tiffany, without setbacks, personal, professional. You want to share some for my viewers? Um, One or two? Yeah, I mean, I think professionally, I haven't had too much. I mean, I, you know, I, I passed my tests. I, you know, um, I think the biggest one, I, I went through a, a pretty yucky divorce um, in 2020. I mean, finalized in 2021, but 2020. Um the other party wasn't particularly thrilled about it, um, still is not particularly thrilled about it. So that's probably my biggest ongoing challenge is, is trying to, again, not allow that negativity to infiltrate my life, which anyone who is divorced and and, and the, the their ex-spouse is not happy about it, understands how difficult that can be, especially when there's a child involved. Um, but, you know, you kind of just put your head down and, and realize that that's not your problem to be concerned with anymore that person's happiness and you just try and, and move forward. But I think that's the, you know, that was probably the toughest thing I've been through in a long time, especially, you know, you'd say like, well, I wanted it. So how tough could it be? Well, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, this person's going to be a part of your life, not till the child's 18 forever, forever. because you have a child with them. Right. So yeah. um, it, it's, it's navigating those waters, navigating those very negative emotions and feelings. And as, as a therapist once said, Daddy has big feelings about mommy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that that's tough. But, you know, I've got a super supportive husband now and he, and he gets it. And, you know, he when I when I have my moments of frustration, he's there to kind of calm the waters. And um, yeah, you're it's, lucky. You're lucky yeah. Woman. I'm very you're lucky. Very I'm very lucky. Yeah. So. Um, you have a goal in like to do a uh, some type of program, start some type of side hustle, something, and it's not coming easily. Do you typically say, you know what? It's not meant to be. God has other plans for me. I'm going to redirect my, or do you say, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm going to keep trying. I'm an evaluator. So okay. I'm definitely one of those like mentally running. I don't sit down and do it, but like mentally running the pros cons type of thing. Yeah. Um, but I've always been, you know, I kind of think, I think of things in disastrous terms <laughs> saying, okay, this is really what I want my goal to be goal. A. like, I see it, it can happen. What is worst case scenario, right? And if I can tolerate worst case scenario, yeah. then it's worth it to give it a shot. Yeah. You know, and if I cannot tolerate worst case scenario, because worst case scenario can happen, right? Sure. If I can't tolerate Absolutely. worst case scenario, then it's time to bail. Sure. And that's kind of how I do things. Your rule. Um, yeah, I, I evaluate worst case. I mean, that was what happened when I opening the office, right? What's worst case scenario is that you lose the money that you invested getting the office started. Okay, well, how much money is that? Um, let's say I'm gonna make up numbers. I don't remember what it was, but let's say it's $100,000. Okay, $100,000 over the course of my entire career, not that much money comparatively compared to me looking back and saying, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, wow. right? So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm, you know, a worst case scenario person. I always kind of look at, I evaluate things by worst case scenario. I like that. I think any entrepreneur, any person doing anything in life can take that as a, a, a lesson. Um, I think we're almost done. Dr. Tiffany, I see you being on stage doing keynotes on social media, 
galore. Like any plans of doing that? I'd love to do that. Yeah. Do you have a media Hiring? team? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you have a media team? I may have, I may do a, do a mastermind down the road. So we may hire keynotes. I'll call you. But um, yeah, I do. I have, um, I've had some publicists. I have one now. Um, you know, I did a lot of just national news media and I love doing it. But again, it came down to a time money ratio thing and like lifestyle. And I was flying to New York City once a month to be on TV for 30 minutes. And sometimes you have to check your ego. And I had to check my ego. Like, why am I doing this? Yay, just so I can tell people I was on Fox or CNN or with Maria Bartiromo or whatever. I mean, it's cool and all, and you've got all these cameras and you're live and there's millions of people watching you, but like, I'm not at home with my son. I'm not at my office. The return of investment for what I was doing then was none. So, you know, for my husband, it's a little different in law when you're on the news, like you get a lot of business from that. Yeah. So much in medicine. Um, sure. You know, I think over the last five years, I've really had to start checking my ego some and saying like, what is the real benefit of this? Does it really benefit me or does it benefit my own psyche? Because that's not benefiting me really to benefit my psyche. That's true. <laughs> Truthfully. Um, so now I'm, um, I got hired as a spokesperson for a supplement company that I believe in. Um, and so then it's kind of like, okay, this, this is now worth the energy. Right. Um, so I, I love, I love speaking. I'm speaking at a national, um, internal medicine conference actually in September. And, um, you know, the, the, the board position I have, um, is a lot of, uh, public things as well. Um, so no, I, I love it. I've been public speaking since I was in elementary school. I used to take competitions when I was oh, a kid. Yeah. So, um, I can definitely see myself doing that. Um, just got to figure out how to balance that with running a very busy office practice. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I love your branding. I think that, you know, but I mean, Simon told me about the media outlets you, you you've been on and they're just, it's amazing. I think personally, uh, you know, I think long-term your brand equity, you know, eventually does pay off. I would suggest you should look, you know, balance it out. But I think I, I see a vision for you. I think you could do a lot. You've done Thank it a lot you. too, but I, I see you Thank doing a lot. You. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I have to remember, you know, I, this is something too for your listeners. And I have to remind my husband of this sometimes, you know, I think when we hit our late thirties, early forties, you start thinking, oh my gosh. I should be doing better. I should be doing more. But if you really think about it, you've only been been really working, working for like 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, you're really not even anywhere near your ability to make more money because you really, you know, even for physicians, most of us aren't out of residency until we're 30. Exactly. So you can't really comparatively, you can't, comp again, going back to comparative, you can't compare okay. yourself to other people because you, you didn't have the opportunity when you were 25 to be doing that. So um, I think it's just kind of like knowing your worth, knowing where you are, where your goals are, and kind of aligning those on a day-to-day -day basis to achieve them. Love that. Love that. Amazing. With that being said, where can we find you, Dr. Tiffany? Social media, uh, obviously. I'll put your links in the description. But yeah, my links are good. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. And you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook as well? Yes. How about TikTok? No. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't have time for that. Okay. <laughs> I, I I get it. I get it. I, I don't um, know. I, I, um, that's another thing. I wish I could probably do more social media, but you know, I, I think of a great idea. I'm like, eh, I don't have time for that today. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can see for you, maybe having a videographer, you know, kind of follow you around, you know, maybe do a YouTube channel behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. But, I actually, um, 
I, I have a, a, without giving too much detail away, I have a friend of mine who does some production who's like, I think you need your own reality show. And I'm like, hmm, I think that's a fabulous idea. I think I do. <laughs> you read my mind. I, about to, I don't want to offend you. So I don't want to say it. People get very offended with that reality show. Me and Simon love them. We watch all of them together. I'll, <laughs> I'll admit it as a, as a man. But I think that, you know, look, I had someone on recently. She's a big, big time entrepreneur in Miami. She was on a show for VH1. She said, listen, KB, it was, you know, for that type of show, it was very negative. You have to be a lot of drama. But I see something with your lifestyle and your story, I think it be more positive. That's what we're trying to maybe put together. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. So fingers crossed. Awesome. Fingers crossed. Awesome. That's Tiffany, I appreciate you very much on the bottom of my heart for jumping Thank on. Thank you. This you has know, been great. You're awesome. And then we'll do a part two. I'm going to probably do a face-to-face when I'm in Miami. We'll get great. My, my crew come out. I have a full, full crew, light, uh, makeup, all that good stuff. Ooh, great. We'll Fabulous. Thank I love Dr. that for us. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Tiffany. Appreciate it. Thank you. you. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.